0: Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast, I'm Tom Barbele, and today, maybe I'm a little bit more conservative than I originally thought. Before I start on this topic, I'd like to give a shout out to our new listener, Chris Mears. Chris Mears has been a long-time listener and occasional participant in Model Rail Radio, and he picked up the Short Funk Podcast recently. He ran the gauntlet, as we say in the business, where he listened to all episodes, I think all 40-plus bonus episodes, and his feedback was that it's a worthy listen. There's a lot of introspection, a lot of interesting stuff, and I guess when I started ShortFunk, I really didn't have a sense of the definition. I think by the time we reach recording 100, plus bonuses, I might record a little bit more associated with the evolution of ShortFunk. But for now, it is not necessarily a daily grind, but at least a process of getting audio out on a regular basis. And in this light, I am going to be releasing a bunch of audio because I'm going to be at least mentally, in another place over the next few days. And it's probably best that I get the audio out rather than concern myself at the end of every day whether or not I have released a short funk recording. Yesterday, I went out for a walk with my wife in the evening. I had recorded Stone Ape a day earlier so I could go and listen to a musical performance with my wife. And historically, I, back in my teens, I used to perform music both choral music, also occasionally violin music, occasionally piano music. Although performance wasn't one of my main interests, just by playing an instrument you're occasionally thrown into a circumstance where you have to perform in front of people. It's been a long time since I've heard music performed live. Large numbers of musicians, symphonic music, let's call it what it was. And we went last night with the view that we really didn't have much of a sense of what was going on. One of my wife's quilting friends invited us to the performance. It was a free performance at San Jose State University. And when we arrived, we were informed that there was going to be a blend of musicians, both professional musicians, musicians that were adults, had other professions, but also performed symphonic music, and potentially high schoolers, potentially middle schoolers. So kids from age, I don't know, 14 through to probably 18 were blended in amongst the professional musicians. And... It was quite a performance. The only caveat I can add to this, and I did clap a lot. It was wonderful. It was just amazing to sit in an audience and close your eyes and absorb symphonic music and just get a sense of how soft things can be. I think certainly recording CDs and also listening to CDs, you forget that the ability for single instruments in a large orchestra to start playing softly in order to give very, very low tonal levels You just forget about that when you listen to CDs. You think of, you know, music in terms of maybe five or six instruments at most, where they're always well-recorded. They're always at a level where you can hear the various aspects. And the notion of, like, really soft sound is completely lost in CDs. The second last piece that they performed was Ravel's Bolero. And it's a favourite of mine. I mean, it's hard not to like Bolero. It's got all the right elements. Somewhat... Shockingly, when the soloist pieces started, I realised that they had given the soloist pieces to the youngest musicians in the orchestra. And it was quite interesting. It was quite interesting because I guess I have a sense of bolero where when I hear bolero, I want to hear bolero. And instead what I got was not even necessarily a jazz rendition, just a sense that the instruments that were performing the solos hadn't really practised beforehand. And in particular, the wind instruments, the soloist artists just lost breath early on. So you had this very curious sensation, particularly after the first soloist who completely, like, screwed up the middle, that you were going to get an interpretation, almost a jazz-like interpretation of Bolero, with the view that every time a soloist came up, you had an additional tension. Is this person going to be able to play? Is this person going to be able to perform? And unfortunately, more often than not, we got some crazy, like, not even interpretive, just like, oh no, I've completely screwed up a couple of bars, where are we going from here, interpretations of Bolero. And I thought to myself, maybe I'm a little bit conservative in this slide. I mean, I think certainly people could perceive me, certainly people that aren't familiar with podcasts or what I do here or really a wide range of sources. If you were to meet me in the street or meet me in my office or these kind of things, you may not have the sense that I was kind of a closet radical. I guess I approach things with a certain degree of formality. And to hear Bolero performed, well, it wasn't even really interpretive Bolero, it was just kind of mistake laden Bolero was something that made me pause and think. Like, I guess when I performed music, and look, as a child, one time in a piano performance, I started playing in the wrong key. And I remember after about a minute of this, because my key knowledge meant that I could transcribe it, but I then realised I think I was working with a violinist or a flautist, or it could have been the other way around. I could have been performing violin. Anyway, I was probably about 12 at the time, And we had to stop and restart, and I was completely mortified at that. And typically when I did performances, I would practice for, you know, more than 10 hours at least leading up to it. I remember some recitals I practiced for like four days solidly. I'd come home from school and then I'd play until probably 9.30, 10 at night. So yeah, four or five hours a day for at least three, four days leading into a performance. When I practiced for general musical performance, oftentimes I'd put in, you know, an hour standard, two hours around certain things. And sometimes I'd just get lost in the music as well. And, you know, finish up after doing maybe three hours worth of practice. So I knew the commitment as a youthful musician to actually getting things done right. And to hear Bolero misplayed, eh, I don't know. I still clapped pretty hard at the end. I mean, the crescendo at the end of Bolero, with so many experienced musicians taking so much of the weight, it was good. And it was an amazing experience to go out. We walked there, so it was like a mile-plus walk to get there, listen to the performance, and then walk home with my wife. It made me think, and that's one of the great things about musical performances. Tom Barble in San Jose, signing out.